0: Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to
1: cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. With LuckyLand slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Welcome to the Red Sox On Deck Prospect Podcast. This is episode 16, and I am decidedly not Bob Osgood. Um, but I am Jake Devereaux. I'm a voice that you heard if you started listening to this podcast from the jump. Uh, I'm filling in for Bob today. But uh, the good news is that uh, you might not have Bob, but you definitely have Shelly straight So, Shelly, welcome to your podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be at, at uh, you know, here on on, on the podcast that I frequent <laughs> weekly. <laughs>
0: yes, uh, we are glad to have you as well. Um, so a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Uh, if you enjoy what we're doing over here on this podcast or on any of the other uh, podcasts on the network, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen um, and All you have to do is subscribe there and you'll get all of our podcasts. Uh, The Over the Monster podcast with Matt and Brian, the Red Seat with me, Jake Devereaux, and Keaton DeRocher, and the Precap pod with Shelly and Keaton, as well as this lovely pod. Uh, We're going to be going over some news and notes today and getting to some uh, updates from a few of the different levels as well as a little bit of draft discussion. So, Shelly, we've got a full podcast here. Let's get right into it. Uh, The first little bit of news is Connor Wong was called up to the major leagues uh, as Kevin Powecki was placed on the IL with an injured left hamstring. Shelly, were you surprised that Connor Wong got the call instead of uh, either of the two sort of disposable uh, veteran catchers who were on the AAA roster?
1: Um. I, I actually was. Um, like I ex- just expected them, uh, you know, to uh, just kind of just, you know, just have like a guy who has played in the major leagues before, just kind of, uh, you know, just backing up uh, Vasquez. Um, but I guess they didn't want to make that, that 40-man roster uh, decision there. Uh, that's the only thing that I could think that that is the reason why. Which I guess I get because they—I mean—they do have some upcoming forty-man roster decisions, uh, you know, uh, you know, cough, cough Chris Sale, cough, cough uh, you know, uh, Jaren Duran at some point. So I think mm-hmm. that they just kind of took the easy route. I mean, I'm not a fan of it, but I think that's what they were going for there.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I was—I was definitely surprised. My prediction was it was going to be Chris Herman. Um, Who, you know, they have these two guys, Herman and and Jet Bandy, who are their sort of uh, break glass in case of emergency uh, catchers who, um, you know, they don't have a ton of catcher depth, as I'm sure you guys have highlighted on this show. Uh, quite a bit, and, and Connor Wong was not exactly knocking down the door. Uh, as As Keaton and I discussed on our pod on on Monday, he has a ten WRC plus uh, at AAA, so that he is mightily struggling. I know that they think a lot of him from an athletic standpoint and still like him uh, for the future. But you know, it was a little bit shocking. So I think you're absolutely right that it was just a a, a forty man thing. Um, and, and Cora was vocal about. Uh, using him in the exact same way that they're going to use Polecki, so it looks like he will actually draw a start. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how he handles the major league staff.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited to to see him uh, where whenever he makes his first start because that that um, definitely will be really interesting to watch and huge for him. Like I, I couldn't even imagine, you know, catching like some like major league talent. Uh, yeah, so
0: yeah, pretty cool. He also got into his first game as a pinch runner so that was interesting yeah yeah so already making a little bit of an impact here so good for you connor wong um should we start referring to the mookie betts trade as the connor wong trade
1: yeah i think so totally
0: okay <laughs> um let's talk about the draft here a little bit uh jack later um who i think we all want or no Shelly, your your favorite person for this pick is Davis?
1: Yeah. I, I, I am the, I'm the odd one who doesn't want one of the Vandy guys. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, the guy who you don't like or don't want uh, struck out 15 <laughs> batters in a one nothing loss to NC State in the College World Series. Um, are you sticking to your guns on wanting the slugging catcher over the pitcher who is really good?
1: Yes, yes, I still am. Uh, as much <laughs> as much as I would love to have Jack Leiter, and even if we do happen to land Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, uh, even one of the uh, you know prep shortstopsters I definitely do not think is going to uh, get to us at uh, the number four pick. I, I like Davis. Um, I I I'm just really I've been burned with how the Red Sox have not been able to develop pitching kind of, sort of, recently, especially, like, with these, you know, these high, uh, these high, you know, draft picks, um, and it's, like, yeah, he, I, I don't know, like, I know that with this game, like, he struck out 15 batters, um, but he still threw 120 pitches in that outing, and it just seems that, that Vandy is, like, really just, Going for it, which I totally understand. That's that's yeah. But just having Jack Leiter, who is kind of on the smaller side, I think he's like six foot, right? Throwing yeah. 120 pitches in a game, like that's that's not good. It just gives, it just scares me a bit. And I just think Davis is like super uber safe. You know that that bat is going to produce. Whether it is is a catcher, I mean, I think that he's probably going to move off of catcher, maybe to like third base or something. But that bat is so safe. And just the pitching and the lack of pitching development that I have seen kind of recently in the Red Sox just has me scared a bit.
0: Yeah, those are fair points. Um, I think, you know, while um, Davis does look safe, there is historically a little bit of an issue with right-handed power-hitting college bats. Uh, translating well to the major leagues. So that's one thing that worries me a little bit about Davis. Um, I had a follow-up, though, to to your thoughts on Leiter. If if it were a different organization, let's just say it was like Miami or something like that, uh, <laughs> choosing between Leiter and Davis, um, given like, you know, I, I'll just use Miami as an example because I think they're like, pretty good at pitching development but they're not like the Dodgers or the Braves you know they don't have a reputation for being incredible at it um if if it were a neutral party would you feel differently about this
1: um yeah I think I think that I actually would um I maybe I've just been just so jaded with the Mm. Red Sox uh development that I would have a little bit you know just I, I would feel better if he was going to Miami or, or, or somewhere else. It's just, yeah, I, I just think that I'm jaded at this point. I'm just like, yeah, we, we can have pitching prospects. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and I wonder too, though, if it will be any different uh, if the Red Sox get a hold of him that he is so much more advanced than somebody who they had yeah. like Trey Ball or Jake Room or whoever who was coming out of high school. Yep. Um, Jack later as a finished college product from one of the top college programs in the country. Um, it feels a little bit more like getting Eduardo Rodriguez uh, after being in high A than it does, you know, um, getting getting one of those super raw guys. So maybe yeah. having to spend less time in the system could benefit the Red Sox.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's a totally fair point.
0: Um, but it is going to be interesting. Um, I'm personally still rooting for the lighter thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that Red Sox pitching development has definitely changed over the last few years, too. And uh, with Heim Bloom in charge now, I, I wonder how that will affect things. Tampa certainly has no issues uh, developing starting pitchers. So maybe a little bit of that will will trickle down uh, to Boston through Heim Bloom. I'm looking forward to that uh, if, if it can. Um, all right, let's get to Worcester. Um, we have a lot to talk about at, at AAA Worcester. Um, first of all, Franchi Cordero, who immediately went down there and looked like the best hitter uh, in the world, uh, has cooled down the past week and is only hitting 222 with seven strikeouts. Uh, my question to you, Shelley, is who makes their way to Fenway first between Cordero, Jern Duran, and Marcus Wilson. Uh, Wilson is also on the 40 man and has been hitting very well le- lately. Uh, including um, a pretty impressive line last week, which I'll let you talk about.
1: Yeah. Um, when I was just kind of like doing uh, some research for this pre-pro here, um, I was really surprised with kind of how well Marcus Wilson is doing at AAA. I mean, it's the highest level that he's, you know, ever hit at. He's hitting, um, in the past week, 316 with a 462 OBP. Um, he's, you know, still only two bases. He's hitting... You know pretty high up in the uh in the blue Sox kind of lineup there and he is on the 40 man and he is performing better than cordero but i i think that cordero makes his his you know way to fenway before any of the other guys and as much as i like what i'm seeing from wilson so far this year i think that he is trade bait at this point because i think that the red Sox really i mean they 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 traded benintendi right to get cordero right and mm-hmm. Jiren duran is absolutely killing it and there's there's really just no room for marcus wilson which makes me sad because he's hitting well so i'm thinking that he might be an interesting trade piece um you know sometime this summer
0: no he's been DHing kind of a lot hasn't he
1: oh yes okay I, I'm, I not,
0: ju- I'm wondering. I I'm, i I, I
1: don't I don't know. I've just been looking at uh, just just basic bus scores where it doesn't have the position. So
0: yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I feel like I've seen some Worcester lineups where Marcus Wilson uh, has been in the DH spot. So we'll have to look into that a little bit more. But you know, I I do agree that he could end up being trade bait, um, especially with the logjam that they have going on here. Um, and they have just so many 40-man decisions to make uh, in this upcoming offseason. So if somebody's willing to pay for him, and I don't believe he was a Bloom acquisition. I believe he was an uh, acquisition under uh, Dombrowski, right?
1: Yep, he was.
0: Yeah, so that's also something to think about. I I would be really sad if Duran is not the, the name out of these <laughs> uh, three. And I, think- I agree banging the drum over the last week for him to come up, and I still don't get it. Um, we're all kind of on on uh, the edge of our seat with the Jaron Duran watch at this point, but I don't know. Apparently, uh, apparently, they're just not in a rush. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It would have been really great to see, like, Wanda Franco and Jaron Duran just be caught up at the same time and make their debut at the same time and just have, you know, just some least kind of back and forth stuff there
0: yeah it would have been really cool i do get though um and i was advocating for it to happen so you know take this with a grain of salt but i do get the idea that like jaron duran might have been billed as like their response to wander franco which is just not fair to Jaren <laughs> duran because wander franco is is like a once in a generation type prospect, so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's kind of, yeah. I don't know if he wants that, that smoke.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Some other news from Worcester. Tanner Houck returned. He threw three innings, struck out six while walking one. Um, three and two thirds, uh, six Ks, zero walks, uh, three hits, and two earned runs in the game today. Um, When do you think he makes his way back to Fenway, especially considering the struggles that we've seen from uh, Nogu Garrett Richards and uh, Nogu Martin Perez? Uh, Are either of those guys getting replaced anytime soon?
1: Um, um, I think so. Um, I mean, I, I did like to see that you know in the game today. He went a uh, uh, Tanner Hauck went a little bit further, got a, his pitch count a little bit you know higher. You know he's still working back from uh, I think it was an arm injury, so he there, he's starting to come back, uh, starting to be you know built back up. Um, so I think that we see him soon. Um, I think that Garrett Richards. Um Spot is a little bit more in flux than Perez just based on I just don't think Martin Perez could really uh is not really like the reliever type like I don't think that his stuff can like really quote unquote play up in the bullpen that's really not his type you know that that's not who he is so I do think that Garrett Richards might shift to the to the bullpen if he continues to struggle and I do think that Tanner Houck Hopefully, you know, within the next couple weeks, we'll take his spot.
0: You know, I wonder if uh, Garrett Richards gets put in the pen, how much he will pout in that role. Uh, I know that he was demoted to the pen uh, with the Padres last year, but he just seems like a guy who wouldn't be super happy in that role.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you, because, I mean, (laughs) if if you just, like, watch, like, after his starts, and when he's talking, like with, you know, uh, the media and reporters and stuff like that, he doesn't really seem like a a really nice fellow at times. Like, I could see (laughs) where he could be a little rough around the feathers, you know, just, yeah. So I hope that he doesn't pout.
0: Yeah. I I wonder if they would, um, you know, maybe try and solve this situation with a trade of one of these guys rather than transitioning one of them to the pen for chemistry purposes, you know? Um, it's certainly something you have to consider on a, a team with uh, playoff and championship aspirations like the Red Sox find themselves with this year is not upsetting that balance of, of team chemistry and being realistic with what guys can do. Certainly a new environment and um, you know Richards is the last uh, start that he made uh, and we'll see what his spin rates look tonight. But his, his last start, his spin rates were way down he didn't throw a single curveball so that is uh definitely telling uh, a guy who as Eck has called the spin doctor um <laughs> you know he just uh he relies on that uh to to be effective so i i wonder and the way he was talking about it too you know being like oh i'm i'm happy that i got to this point in my career before this started happening mm-hmm. like made me feel like he's a guy who has really no intention of trying to pitch uh without it so i don't understand like i'm just so happy they hold a team option on both uh richards and perez for next year i don't expect either of them to be back
1: yep i i i totally agree
0: all right well uh kyle hart uh is as you put it doing some things in his past two starts he's thrown 14 innings struck out nine and has a 129 era and a 1.00 whip um is kyle hart actually good yeah <laughs> yep okay <laughs> yeah
1: i mean he i could see him make making like a spot start or something um, I, I really felt bad for him last year because when he made his debut last year it wasn't great and he was like dealing with injuries right So I I just think he had
0: COVID too, right?
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I just want him to come back and maybe like make a spot start or two and, you know, just kind of show that he is a pretty okay pitcher, right? Because I just don't think that what he showed last year was really his talent. So I, I don't know. I have a soft spot for him. I just like want him to come up and just do okay. So, you know, he could talk about that with like his grandkids or something
0: yeah i don't care about his discussions with his grandkids (laughs) i'm a lot meaner than you i got mega ryan weber vibes from kyle hart and i'm sure i'm sure he's better than that okay um and i did have some expectations for him last year but he just seems to me to be one of these guys that stuff just uh doesn't really translate to the big leagues so
1: that's fair totally fair
0: Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, Mr. Hart. I'm sure you're a nice fellow. Or maybe you're not, and I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> On to Portland. Uh, Brian Baio, um someone who we both are very happy about, uh, absolutely dominated in his second start at AA. He pitched five and a third innings, struck out 10. This is a guy whose stuff will play at the big leagues. Walked just one and had one earned run allowed. Um, how excited are you about Mr. Bayo?
1: I, I am very excited. I mean, I know that we were talking about earlier in the pod that, you know, the Red Sox pitchy uh, development kind of crew can't really, you know, develop anyone or whatever. Uh, I'm surprised that you didn't throw Bayo in my face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because he has been absolutely just amazing uh, this year. Uh, he's been, like... I I look at um like the projected starters each week and I try to like time out his start so I, at least I could, you know, flip on MILB TV just to kinda see him just kinda you know, just throw in the ball around and I'm just really excited and it, it's been a while since there I've been excited this excited about a pitcher. I mean I, I mean I like like Thad Ward, but Thad Ward didn't have like this amount of like strikeouts and just totally dominating, so I'm, I'm really excited about uh, uh season uh, so far.
0: Yeah, and I think his stuff is, is even a tick better than somebody like Thad Ward, who I agree I was excited about. But, you know, he seems to be a legitimate uh, contender to be in a major league rotation at some point and, and maybe even take a step to being an important member of, of a rotation. He's mm-hmm. certainly somebody you can dream on. Um and, you know, I, I think uh, you're right. I should have probably thrown him at you a little bit with uh, <laughs> talking about Bloom's pitching development because he's somebody who really has kind of blossomed over the last two seasons. So yeah. maybe they are doing some different things. Yeah. Um, let's talk about our favorite prospect in the system, Tristan Casas. Uh, he has been struggling just a little bit in his last 15 games. He's hitting two twenty with 13 punches in 41 plate appearances. It's so a 31% uh, strikeout rate, Shelley, um This is part of his game, but are you concerned that this is uh, kind of showing itself a little bit more than you expected?
1: Um, no. Um, I mean, I just kind of like put him on the pre-pro. Like, you know, maybe some of our listeners were just kind of looking at like box scores and be like, "Why is Tristan Casas not doing anything?" It's okay. Um, it's it's part of his game. It's. He's has got have swing and miss, but he has a lot of power. Uh, this is his first time, really, at a you know a really high level, double A. So you got to see this from him. Um, what you kind of need to watch is how does he adjust to the pitching? Like, does he, you know, uh, is he is his batted ball profile kind of changing a little bit? Or once we start seeing the adjustment, that's when you know that you know Casas is back. So. I just kind of wanted to point it out yeah even even our top guys can struggle a bit but you know don't be too scared
0: yeah i agree with you and and what i see from from this is maybe just a maybe a little mid-season fatigue um you know he did play the usa baseball stuff with jaron duran as well um and could just be the ebb and flow of a season um yep. as well so something to monitor for sure um but the shine is is definitely continuing to grow with Tristan Cossus. Uh he had a really nice little write-up in uh, fan graphs uh, a couple days ago maybe last week um, saying that you know they think he's a 55 hit to old guy now as well so um, that's pretty high praise for somebody with that type of power uh, yep definitely nice uh, moving down to Haya Greenville Chris Murphy um, maybe my favorite pitching prospect outside of Brian Baio, uh in this system, has pitched well in June. In three starts, he has 16 innings pitched, uh, 15 strikeouts, and just two walks, which is the lovely part of Chris Murphy's game and one of the evolutions since he's come to the Sox. Uh, in the game today, he went five and two-thirds with six strikeouts, zero walks, just three hits allowed, and one earned run. Uh, are you impressed with Chris Murphy's continued development?
1: Uh yeah, I and I'm really glad to hear that you're a Chris Murphy, uh, Stan as well. Um, mm. I, I mean I've been a fan of his like since he was drafted and he showed like a lot of improvements uh, with his control uh, in 2019, like a really really short stint. I mean and then and at the beginning of this year we started to see those walks kind of come back and I'm like well maybe that was just a short sample size back in 2019. But his last couple of starts, he's not walking guys. He's striking out guys. He's limiting hits. I'm like, yeah, this is the Chris Murphy that we saw after he was drafted. And I'm getting right back on the Chris Murphy train. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, he was a guy I got a couple looks at in person um, before COVID hit uh, at, at Lowell. Um, and I was just super impressed um, because... You know, the scouting report that we got on Chris Murphy when he was drafted versus what I ended up seeing on the field uh, was quite different. So, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely credit the uh, minor league coaches of the Red Sox and the Red Sox excellent pitching development for uh, getting Chris Murphy where he is today. Yep. Right, Shelley?
1: Yep. <laughs> i'm not gonna say anything i'll just say yep
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yep 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 uh more importantly they'll have to deliver him nicely to uh to fenway before Shelley will change her mind about pitching <laughs> development for the red sox which is very fair uh down to the lowest level of the minors that is not the gcl or the dsl uh salem Hi, A Salem. We're ugh, low A Salem now. Jeez, I'm going to do that a thousand times
1: 100%. before I get it
0: right. Uh, Eduardo Lopez, international signee for the Red Sox from what, 2019? Yeah, that was uh, 2019,
1: right? Uh, 18, actually.
0: 18. Wow. Time flies. Uh, Eduardo Lopez was a surprising add to the Salem roster in his first taste of professional baseball uh, since his DSL stint in 2019. Uh, so he is going to be down there, and Hilberto uh, Jimenez, um, one of the top five prospects in the Red Sox system, usually top four, depending on who you talk to, uh, is hitting 345 against right-handed pitchers in 175 versus left-handed pitchers. Uh, let's talk about Eduardo Lopez first here. Um, what do you expect from young Eduardo, a guy who we really haven't seen too much about? We just kind of have read scouting reports. I mean, have you have you had a chance to tune into? Any of his uh, games at all? I don't even know if they have Salem on MLB TV.
1: Um, uh, they have Salem very sporadically. It really, w- it definitely, with that lower level there, you kind of it's kind of hit and miss. Um, uh, yeah. so I haven't been able to catch a game. Um, but I was just like really excited to just see like a new name on the roster, right? As someone yeah. that we we've been kind of like, you know, back in 2019, it's like, oh yeah, this guy. You know, he could be kind of something. So, again, I think he's played in maybe two games so far. Um, It's okay, right? But it's like, this is like his highest level ever. So I, I don't really know what to expect, especially at the beginning, because it's such a huge jump. Yeah. Um, so I'm just really just excited just to have him, like, on the ceiling roster. So hopefully at some point I can actually uh, see him on MILB TV.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about him, too, um, you know, for fantasy baseball, which Shelley and I both do, and we contribute to a bunch of stuff with that. Um, he's somebody who I've rostered in a couple really deep leagues, too, because of the write-ups from people like Ben Badler of Baseball America. He has a very uh, interesting, sort of well-rounded profile. He's not somebody that has tools that sort of pop off the board, um, but he makes a lot of contact, and he has a pretty mature approach. So I am looking forward to how he handles Haye. And it kind of shows you what the organization thinks of him, too. And that's one of the things that um, I, I, prospect writers who, who I trust tend to point out a lot is trust what the team thinks yep. of the player by where they're putting him. So this is a pretty aggressive assignment for a guy um, that's his age. So I, I'm, I like it. I'm, I'm excited for Eduardo. Mm-hmm. Um. Jimenez. This is a guy who um, we think a lot of, but Mm -hmm. when I saw him at Lowell, the swing um, from the right side and from the left side could not be much more different. Um, He's very, very slappy from, I think it's the left side, um, and he has much more of a traditional approach uh, from the right side. Or do I have those reversed? I can't remember.
1: Mm, I think you have it correct
0: okay um but the 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 point here being switch hitting's hard right yeah Yeah. so i mean if if gilberto jimenez his swing looks so much better from one side than it does the other and and the splits are kind of showing that right now i mean is it time to just have him switch and focus on one thing work pretty well for cedric mullins right
1: uh yeah it worked really well for mullins and um, yeah i i when i was just kind of like going through like stats and just seeing like this stark difference between right-handed pitching and left-handed pitching and knowing that he's a switch hitter and just knowing how difficult that must be and i've heard i've heard you say um, that his swing is it, it's totally different for like both sides yeah um i i don't know why they are still kind of like letting him switch it um uh, I, I just hope that someone gets in his ear that maybe maybe you should just stick to the side that you hit better with. Focus on that. Become a much more complete hitter. Yeah, he's probably not going to show a lot of power. I mean, that's really not his game, per se. But just focus on one side. Get really good with that side. And then, you know, just go balls out in the outfield. Just catching, uh, just you know, just be the great... You know, center fielder, and just focus on one side of the plate.
0: Yeah, I agree. Baseball's so hard in this modern day with, you know, the the crazy spin rates and velocities that pitchers have. Um, I I think switch hitting is generally overrated. Um, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm in the minority there. What do you think about switch hitting in general?
1: Um, I I'm I'm not the biggest fan. I mean there are there are very there are very few people who can actually do it well and usually it doesn't go well so i agree with you i think that it is um overrated
0: yeah i'm the the guy who i think of when i think of switch hitting actually being effective is uh jason veritek but you know he's like a once in a yeah blue moon talent exactly (laughs) yeah all right well that uh concludes today's show uh do we have any listener questions or anything uh, to go through? Nope, no questions. Okay, well if you do have any questions for this podcast, uh, you know, chime in to us on the Over the Monster Twitter account. We're always willing to answer your minor league questions as well. You can check out Bob Osgood at the Dynasty Guru as well. You can check out Shelly at the Dynasty Guru or at Over the Monster. And you can find Bob on Twitter at Bob Osgood 15. You can find Shelly at Shelly V underscore 643. You can find me at, at devjake. Thanks for joining us for today's show. Thank you, Shelley, and we'll be back with you next week.